and welcome to the Money Magic Podcast with Vangile Makwakwa. This is the podcast where we talk about trauma and how it affects our finances and our lives. I help women of color unlock ancestral wisdom so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. This podcast was birthed when I started having conversations with private clients and students in my online courses about the remarkable shifts they'd had in their finances and started receiving feedback and updates from people on how these conversations were helping them understand their family dynamics and financial behavior. I've seen how unlocking ancestral wisdom has helped me pay off $60,000 in debt, buy property, launch and grow my company Wealthy Money into a six-figure business in US dollars as I travel and live in various countries on the globe. I've lived in over eight countries and traveled to many more as I built this company. My intention with this podcast is to provide you with weekly episodes that help you understand the importance of healing and help you understand your relationship with money better so you can start making different financial decisions and creating a life you love for yourself and future generations. So without further ado, let's get started and dive into this week's episode. Magicians, welcome to episode nine of the Money Magic series. I have yet another Money Magic student. Her name is um, Ketty Ware, but on Facebook she's with Sunny, so she's with Sunny Ketty Ware. We call her Ketty Ware. So, welcome, Ketty Ware. Hi, Ben. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, uh, money magicians. She's also the a wealthy. She's also wealthy money's virtual assistant, right? So she is the reason why so many of the things come out on time and are scheduled. So when you see the blog post, she's doing that. When you see the podcast go out, like I even forget. I'm like, what? <laughs> so the property magicians podcast, all those things. She's behind most of that. Definitely not my key strength. So Ketua, tell us about yourself and what you do. Um, wow, Ben, thanks for the intro. Um, so yes, my name is Visani Ketua. Um, you know, I, my, they're, they're both my names, um, but everyone calls mm-hmm. me Visani. <laughs> ben calls me Ketua mm-hmm. though, so, but again, they're both my names. Um, and even being a VA, that just came about from I guess just lessons from from doing the course and I just wanted a way to use my skills to create employment for myself and that's what I do and yeah I'm just a person who enjoys growth I'm a person who enjoys um yeah just doing anything that's going to grow me and build me as as a person Ah, yay. But you forgot to say that you were also teaching in Japan for two years. So you lived in oh, Japan. Yes. And, that, <laughs> yeah. and then that's how the VA came about. So tell us yes. a little about that. 
I know there's so many people who dream of living in different countries and you speak a little bit of Japanese. So I that's do. kind of big. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I taught in Japan for three years. I was on um, a program called the JET program, which is a government to government program. And yeah. it was just, it was the best experience of my life. And you know how it just changed me as a person all around. Yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, I would encourage anyone, especially, you know, young people, I would encourage everyone to just get out of, get out of your city, even get out of your, just get out and see, see what's out there. It was honestly a life, life-changing experience. And so when I came back, there was, you know, there's always that pressure of like, oh, when are you getting a job? When are you getting a job? And so that was, this is how the the VA thing came about. I just yeah, looked at the skills that I had now because jobs aren't guaranteed. And I learned that jobs are created as well. And this is how I created this for myself. And we'll see how it goes. So far, so good. (laughs) Oh, wow. So people, I'm sure that there's people just listening in on this. Like, I love what you just said, that jobs are created. I think most of us are just like... um, I know it took me a while to figure that out, that jobs are created, even though I have like a degree that keeps telling me that, that jobs are created, but I was like, jobs are created. How do I, and I remember lying on my bed um, when I first started my first company, Speak to Be Free, and thinking, what am I going to do? I don't know what I'm going to actually do, you know? So tell us, do you mind telling us about just the first few weeks when you decided to start this and walking us through your emotional process and what it was like to even just finally make that announcement to people like I'm doing this (laughs) sure it was it was tough because it's like the way I I used to think before I I had that idea of, of how life goes like you know that almost like societal idea that you know, you go to school, <laughs> you graduate, and then etc. picket fence, pension, whatever, you know, we, we are taught. And so when I saw that this, this job, like which, which job, am I guaranteed a job? Unless I know someone in particular who's going to give me a job, I don't know when it's going to come. And so um, it, it also, I had to peel away at a lot of layers of pride. I had to peel away a lot of layers of, of my own expectations of, of what I thought life is and really just starts with the basic skills that I had. Like I babysat, I even wanted to be an au pair and a lot of people didn't understand that because it's like, but you have a degree, you've come from like a foreign country. How are you just now doing these random things? I mean, there was a time even I saw an opportunity to open uh, a spaza shop or to work, to, to partner with someone else. And you know what I mean? And it's like, it's, it's crazy, but that's, that's how much is possible. Because who says that that is a, a lowly thing or a bad thing to, to start, you know? And so... Yeah, then when I really started to appreciate the skills that I have and, and, and appreciate that each and everything that I've learned can, can give me something, can give me monetary value, can be an exchange, is when I was like, okay, let's, let's just do the VA thing. 
And even if people don't understand it, it's okay. I'm going to price myself and I'm going to put myself out there, which is extremely scary because I, I like to be invisible. <laughs> I prefer it. Um, but yeah, it, it had to be done. It was, it was the right time. I was ready and I, I wanted to, again, I just wanted to work. I wanted to contribute to myself yeah. and the people I'm around. So that's, that's how it came about. Sure. Yeah. I, I must say, like, I'm so proud of you. and so excited because I know the courage that it took. Right. And I love, and I keep telling you how I love your mindset and the way you think. It's a very, very beautiful way of looking at the world and thinking, because I think what it is to just say, I'm going to do what I, what my heart wants me to do. I'm not just going to do the thing that is expected of me, which I think is what most of us do, right? But to go out and say, I will try everything regardless of what my degree says. I mean, I remember when I'm, when I decided I'm going to, I have my finance degree, but I'm going to go waitress on a cruise ship and I'm going to clean <laughs> bathrooms and everything. People were like, what? <laughs> you know, when you can be an analyst, I was like, yeah, but that's not what's going to allow me to travel from place to place. So if, if my traveling includes me cleaning for people with this degree, that's, that's what I'm going to do. Because ultimately it's about the ultimate aim as I try to figure out what's next you know it's like I just knew that it was about trying to figure out what is the next thing for me and I think we always forget that we that things are temporary just because today I'm scrubbing someone's floors doesn't mean I'm going to stay there forever. Just because I've been a bar lady for like three years, which I was, <laughs> you know, on my travels, it doesn't mean that that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm allowed to wake up tomorrow and change my mind. And that's literally what happened. I was waitressing and I was like, I'm going to go do an MBA. And a few months later, I was in business school from being a waitress from being a waitress in London. I was in Boston doing my MBA. Completely different, right? But the thing is you get to change your mind. And I love that you're allowing yourself to do that, to change your mind. Honestly, and we're just so vast. We're, we're so dynamic that surely there's yeah. more than one thing we can do, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. I still love that. So, Ketue, what does money mean to you? How would you explain money to an alien? <laughs> money is... So, firstly, I, I view money as a vehicle for us to experience expansion here where we are. Mm -hmm. And expansion being freedom, the freedom to express ourselves, the freedom to to have that tool to nourish ourselves, take care of our basic needs, to advance ourselves. Um, and money is, is that energy. It's that exchange. And yeah, money is, it's a, it's divine. And we, we all have the right to it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. We all have the right to money because why not? Right. Just why not? So I love that money is an exchange because 
I think as um, an entrepreneur, it's definitely like just an exchange of value. This is how much uh, value I've set, not to myself, which we often say, but to my products and services. Because I believe that you can't set a value on a human being or even truly not even my time because like time is what I've been given by the divine, you know? So it's like, the value that I am I given is priceless, but the value that I give, the value of my products and services, not so much. And it just so happened that my services are tied to my time. So I get to choose how much that is worth, knowing though that it's still priceless. So um, when did you start suspecting that your money story wasn't just about money? I'd say when I first did the um, the bank account challenge, and yeah, <laughs> you know, the bank account challenge was something else. I I couldn't believe that just five days, like a five day challenge, would have like that amount of of an impact on my life. And it was when probably day one or something when you know when we got like accustomed or or exposed to our own you know physical sensations about money and so i would have never put money and physical sensations or emotions together i i would i would have never done that and it really it taught me that everything is so neurological and biological that even the 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 most well thought out budget cannot override epigenetics or or your feelings Mm. or you know all of that and yeah. yeah, it was definitely the, the bank account challenge. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I love what you just said about the well thought out budget. I never <laughs> looked at it that way. But yeah, it just can't override that stuff because so much like trauma is such an intense thing. It's so deeply embedded within the nervous system. So for most of us, we're not even aware of this, right? So then you do the bank account challenge. And then you hear about the money magic course. What did you imagine it would be? Well, having done the, the, the bank account challenge, I knew it, it wasn't going to be a walk in the park. But still, I still thought like there was a little bit of it that would be a magic pull. Like I'm going to go into <laughs> this course and do something for like a few weeks and then I'm going to come out a millionaire or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, I just thought that, oh, we just, you know, we get in there and, you know, I'm going to come out a millionaire. And yeah. so much more than that. It's been, it's literally been a game changer because who I am now and who I was then are like two different people, two different people. <laughs> It's it's so tied to like self-worth, it's tied to how we were raised, it's tied to the like our beliefs about money, it's tied to what we hear about money. Yeah. yeah. What what I thought, yeah. what I got, two different things, absolutely worth it. Yeah. Wow. I'm so happy to hear that. Right. So what was your understanding of trauma before the course? When are you heard me talk about trauma and how do you understand trauma now, especially intergenerational trauma? What's your take on that? 
I think, so when I first, um, you know, like with trauma, I'd, I'd always associate trauma with a big event. So trauma is maybe the death of, of a loved one or like a major car accident or, or something, something really big. And yeah. now I understand trauma to be, to be more subtle than that. So of course the big things yeah. are traumatic and, and need to be acknowledged. But what we sometimes forget yeah. to acknowledge are the more subtle, small things that happen that our bodies and minds register as trauma. So a mm. comment made, even just a comment, a snide comment in passing, maybe, but it's just a small comment, but how it registers in the body and in the mind yeah. is that this is traumatic and it gets stored in the body yeah. as this is traumatic and that's all the body remembers. Yeah. And that becomes yeah. a trauma. And if you have um, a lot of those little occurrences, you've got a big trauma mm. or big trauma. So yes. I, I think even now when it came to understanding intergenerational trauma, it, it even, it would make me very sad at times just to think that, mm. oh my gosh, the things that, you know, our ancestors would go through and even our parents, mm. I'm talking, you know, I'm not even yeah. talking that long ago. Yes. And, and with no moment to even acknowledge or, or recognize yeah. that this thing has just happened. And yes. every little trauma is counts, like it counts. Yes, yes. Everything adds up in this lifetime. I've been having this conversation with a friend of mine about criticism, right? And we talk a lot about criticism and I keep saying that I am not open to consistent or what people even say is constant constructive criticism that whatever you do it's like constructively criticized because how it's registered in the body especially for someone like me who grew up being constantly criticized about everything and not being affirmed that triggers trauma and there's this belief that well now you've healed so obviously if you go back if you're being criticized it shouldn't hurt you but it's like saying, now you're no longer human. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. I have, there's no such thing as truly healing all trauma, right? Because trauma, your soul is so vast, right? And like you've just said, we're also carrying this trauma that our parents, we're not even talking guys about grandparents and great-grandparents right <laughs> like i mean we're talking centuries of trauma and we've only really been doing the money magic work for like a year two years for you for me maybe four or five years but even then how do i contend with like centuries of intergenerational trauma where we have been criticized for how we look for our gender for our race for our spiritual beliefs consistently especially as black women and then now to openly open myself up to say yes i will take constant criticism in any kind of relationship or friendship doesn't make sense and then we call it constructive i'm like no you're just adding to the layers of trauma because trauma is something so small like you can say something random about something within me, but you don't know if maybe you are saying something about my hair and then you constantly, constructively give feedback on my hair. But you don't know 
that black hair has been criticized for centuries. So that is a deep, deep trigger to me, even though I've grown to love it deeply. But you don't know if you're saying the exact words that triggered something in my ancestral lineage with my great-grandmother, and then it lands and triggers me and opens up a wound that is even deeper. So I love what you've just said, that trauma is even the little things that we are unaware of and we all process it differently. Of course, you can say something else to someone about hair. Like, for example, if you say this to, uh, to a white person who doesn't have the same um, trauma, uh, to, the same traumas tied to hair, right? Yeah, you can joke about it, right? Doesn't have the same impact. So it's not a trauma to them. They don't have the same trauma response. So trauma is so subtle at times. What is not a trauma to me might not necessarily, uh, might be a trauma to you and might not land the same way um, to you as it does with me. So I'm glad that you said that. Okay. So... What do you think about the course now? How do you feel about having signed up for the course? Wow. You know, <laughs> I love that response. Wow. We love it. Um, the course feels like such a like a, a chance, you know, like a chance to really recalibrate, like unlearn, um, relearn. Um, in, in this course, I mean, it's such an exchange again, where we're coming to exchange. Um, it's such an exchange of energy. You, you get as much yeah. as you give. Um, it's labor. It's, it's labor of love to, to who you are and who you want to be. And um, so, for me, the gratitude is endless for the course because it's exposed me to so many people. It's exposed me to, to just have a, a tribe of people or a community of people that believe in me, um, that root for me. <laughs> and who, who are not so tied to, to our... We're not tied to our titles. We're not tied to anything else. We're just people. We're literally just people. And so it's, it's just been such a, a, a breath of fresh air. And it, it keeps, it's the course that keeps on giving. It really is. <laughs> it just. <laughs> and it's wow. a lifetime course. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. It just keeps on giving. Yeah. Wow. I love that you say that. I feel that. I mean, Tony said that recently, right? She, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she said that when she was um, watching Putanang's video, um, her interview, and she was like, this course just is the gift that keeps on giving. I'm like, I feel that way too. Like, even though like I am teaching in the course, it just feels exactly because of the people, right? There's always these epic humans that are coming through. I'm like, wow, humans are so amazing. Who knew? You know? Well, now I fully know this, right? So what do, you, what do you wish you had known about money before starting your money journey? I wish, I wish I had known that money is so 
connected to who I am as a as a person, as a black person, as a person on this continent, as a woman. Um, that it's again linked to, like I said um, earlier, the how how I was raised. You know, um, the stories that we hear about about money. Um, yes. I wish I had known that it was ancestral as well that what i know and believe even the the things that i don't know i believe about money are passed Mm. down Um, i'm taught Mm. these things um yeah i i just wish i knew how how dynamic how vast money as as just this energy as just this 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 divine source is yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is incredible. I'm just going to have to ask you though to expand. You keep talking about money as this divine source and I know there are people here listening who's like who are like I've been taught that money is the root of all evil and whoa, now I'm being taught I'm hearing money as a divine source. Please unpack this for us. <laughs> and anyone who who tells us that money is not a, a way or a vehicle. Okay, I'm not sure what just happened. Yeah, you're back. Can you hear me you now? have to start over. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so anyone who who says that money is not a vehicle for expansion or 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 that money's the root of all evil is lying. <laughs> first of all. Um, no, and, and they're lying for, for their own gain because they also don't understand money. Mm. there's a book that i was exposed to called the um the science of getting rich by wallace wattles something like that and in in that book he he speaks about how there's enough for all of us abundance we we see that there is abundance on earth you know um it's it's people who who create lack um, yes. It's people who create lack by by giving or passing on messages of, you know, other people not deserving things and only them deserving yeah. nice things or, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's important to understand that if we're saying that money is the root of all evil, how is our exchange even going to happen without money? Because mm. this is Wi-Fi, <laughs> you know. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm using a laptop. Um, yes. You know, I... I ate bread this morning. So how can something that supplies us with our most basic needs be evil? Um, And how, how, how it's a divine source I'd say is because again, it's energy, right? And it's, it's something that can nourish not only our basic needs, but also our dreams and, and help us expand to be who we are. You know, I, I mean, if it had another name, it doesn't necessarily matter what this thing is called. The point is yeah. that this thing is available for everyone. It is available yeah. for everyone. It's just, it's limited in, in its avenues and how it's distributed by many um, things which are man, man-created. Yes, yes. No, I so, so love that analogy because it's so, so true. Right, I think that most of us are so um, taught that money is the root of all evil. But actually, I feel that a huge part of why we are on this planet is to 
understand what it is to be human and to explore our own expansion, our own limitations, our own darkness and our own lightness. Because we often think that divinity is only the light. But if divinity is everything, then divinity is both the light and the dark. And that is a very, very difficult concept to understand and to grasp. And I think that's why we are all so wanting to be perfect, not understanding that in its own way, if we are made in the image of the divine, then we are truly, then everything that we are experiencing is divinity in its own way that it awakens us or it shuts us down and that is all part of divinity right and money is just a tool in this physical realm to help us expand and expansion is part of our divinity right it's part of our it's part of understanding who we are right and that's just the thing that money is what money is that tool at least in this particular galaxy. In other galaxies, maybe it's diamonds, maybe it's uh, plants, who knows? We don't know, but there is some kind of tool, right? And maybe in other galaxies, there aren't even tools. People just self-actualize, who knows? But these are the, this is what we've got in this galaxy, right? And we work with it to the best of our abilities. So, how do you feel emotionally about money now that you've uh, been doing the course? And can you share some of the shifts that you've seen in your finances? Again, you don't have to use figures, but you can tell us about how your savings, your debt, income has changed. We know you've started a business. <laughs> so <laughs> share with us. You know, yeah, this course is something else. <laughs> um, so I, my, my feelings around money, I remember like the, the main feeling was fear. There were, mm. I, I always feared that I wouldn't have enough or, um, yeah. you know, it's not going to be enough. So there was fear, shame and lack. Those, mm. those were like my main, you know, uh, stories around money. And of course, I yeah. didn't know this because I didn't even know that I didn't know that I'm deserving of money. So these are all things yeah. that, I, that I wasn't even aware of. And yeah. so in, in doing the course and in becoming aware of, of these um, beliefs or, or thoughts around money, I've yeah. certainly become more, I've become calmer. And yeah. because I've become more mm-hmm. calm, I've been able to see uh, more i've been able to even be like grateful for the things i have because sometimes when when we're just restless about money we even forget to like appreciate the things that we that we really do have and so i've just become far more grateful literally just more gratitude has has set that tone of of calmness and um some of the things that i've been able to achieve are paying off my credit card <laughs> with assistance here and there, but it's, it's paid off. And to think that that was such a cycle, like I just could not get out of credit card debt. It didn't even matter how small Aww. or big the, the amount was, but I just kept creating it because there was even yeah. a time when I'd give all my money away yeah, or like pay people that I owe money yeah. to, for example, and just be stuck yes. with nothing and be miserable. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, so, that was yeah, my so thing as well. It's, it's a cycle. Like, wow, yeah. So I love that. 
<laughs> and and so like now I, I'm I'm at a point where I I see like a lot in even a little bit of money. Like mm. I I can literally make so much out of like even a thousand rand. You know, whereas before a thousand rand just seemed like, oh my gosh, it's gonna finish, it's gonna finish. And now I see so much in even just in, in a thousand rand. And so I I pay myself now. So I have like a portion of money where I, I pay myself. I have a portion of money that is dedicated to saving and it goes into saving. Um, wow. And I also have a portion that I contribute, you know, to the people that I'm around because we do need to serve at the end of the day. And yes. then I also have that portion that I know is just going to like, um, that I'm going to give away to whoever needs or whatever needs, because again, that's, that's important. I was also given. And so you, you just always want to continue that, that cycle. Um, yeah. And so I'm like, I'm saying I'm, I'm able to just make so much more out of even way less than, than what I've been exposed to before. Sure. That is so powerful, Ketiwe. And I think we heard this from Polite as well, right? Where she talked about how she just realizes that what she can do with 10,000 rand is not necessarily what the earthly people have told her she can do with 10,000 rand. It's not based on the price tag. She can go in and buy whatever and still have more than enough left over. And I think this is for me where the magic lies in the course and with money. Because even I don't know how that's possible. I don't have the like logical explanation for it because obviously it's a thousand rand and here are the pricings of everything on your budget. And yet somehow this thousand rand just keeps stretching. And I'm always like, this, is, this makes no sense. You know, like, how is this possible? But this just shows that there is something more energetic around money than even we understand or can even grasp at times. So, wow, that is exciting because, like, you're the second person to bring that up. So, um, how have you been able to use the Money Magic course in terms of your business now, right? What are some of the um, challenges that you noticed in your business and how has being in the course just helped you with that? I mean, you're a new, new entrepreneur and you've now got clients and it takes people a while to build up a client roster. Yeah. So how have you been using the course to do that? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's challenging. Like, Whew, no, entrepreneurship is is something else on its own. <laughs> it will grow you so quickly. Like, I mean, I, I appreciate my schooling. It's just that I, I I really wish we had like some of these like real life instances being taught to us in, in school. Yeah. Um because whew, wow. It literally <laughs> it speaks to my visibility. It speaks to my yeah. Um, pricing it speaks to yeah. worth it speaks to just everything and and I yeah. haven't even like formalized every like every single process yet and again even yeah. processes like I yeah. have to think of systems and processes and document things yeah. and 
it's, it's honestly just <sighs> the fastest way to stretch someone. Um, yeah. I don't know how many times I've wanted to run away. I don't know how many times <laughs> I've just wanted to be like, you know what? I respect entrepreneurs out there. It's not for me. <laughs> um, but then there's there's just that love Please that you don't she run ends- away. Wealthy money cannot <laughs> yeah, live yeah. without you. I'm like, I'm oh my gosh. No, but it's it's really trying. Um, it's it's really it's really been trying, and you know I I don't even want to sound like I've I've mastered this because I have not. Let me just say that I I respect everyone who's 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 on this journey because it is a test. Um, but how how the course has has helped me so far is, um, even just putting out my first flyer, that was because yeah. of the course. You know. I remember I came into the group and, and I said, you know, guys, like, I, I don't know what to do. You know, I want to do this, but I don't know how to like, you know, tell people that I'm doing this. And, you know, I just, I had to sit with some of my feelings. I had to journal a few things and, and then, yeah, it, it allowed me to want to be more visible. Um, yeah. yeah, it's every step of the way. It's like I said, it it just, um it translates in so many different ways that yeah. it just keeps giving. And so it's helped me to stay. So far, what it's done is helped me to just stay <laughs> this course. <laughs> and yeah, and just keep trying and learning. Oh, yeah. I think I love what you've just said, like that it just helped you to stay. Because that's the thing. Like when I started off um, in business, I just wanted to run all the time. And then when I gave up Speak to Be Free, and because I was heavily in debt, I just thought, it doesn't matter. That's it. Now I have an excuse, you know. This company basically drove me to bankruptcy. I'm so in debt. Now that I've paid off the debt, my excuse is, financial freedom. I don't have to do this entrepreneurial thing ever again, you know? And then like I start my part-time job and people are like, oh, you need to come in at like 8 a.m. I'm like, no, that, that's just like literally I'm sitting there negotiating. I'm like, I can't. I wake up at maybe nine or 9.30. The best I can do for you guys is 10 a.m. They're just looking at me and they're like, this isn't how the work working world goes and I'm just like I don't understand you know and I think that was the first time when I realized that I may not actually be cut out for this working thing when people were just like huh and then when I got to South Korea and I was teaching English and they also told me that I have to be at school at 8 40 I was like what like, this doesn't make sense. So eventually they were like, oh, you can go home for lunch. They made all these amazing um, allowances for me. So almost every a part-time job or job that I took on on the journey would just make so much allowances for me around time. Like all the other teachers, uh, the foreign teachers in South Korea were like, wait, you go home for lunch, you go to cook yeah. and eat. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, like they just allow me to do that. If I've got some free time, I just tell them I'm heading to the bank. I do all these things. I was like, I don't understand. And apparently they also could see that like I was not quite grasping this because maybe I asked a lot of questions and I was just like, 
So, and I think what I learned afterwards when I left um, South Korea and I was like, okay, there's only one thing that I know I can do and this is it. Working for myself has been a constant and I know I'm scared from the failure of the first company, but let's get back into it. And it was just, I mean, as long as I wake up every day and I stay, I keep on the journey and I keep taking action, you know? And then after, like, I kid you not, like after a year, it just becomes the thing that you do, you know, like you have a job because you've stayed one day at a time. And then before long, one day becomes a year. And then you realize that you could make it through a year and you could keep generating an income for yourself and keep paying yourself. And then it just becomes your normal. So I'm glad that you said that. (laughs) I'll I'll keep those words in mind. (laughs) No, what you're going through is so normal. And I think... This is why the beauty, this is why for me, I feel like having the Money Magic a tribe of the students is so powerful because so many things that we think are unique to us, we learn that every other person, not every other person, but at least most other people resonate with that. You know, like I'll come into the course and I'll see in the student group someone saying something and I'm like, oh, I know that. You know, or someone else will say that I feel the same way. Thank you. And I'll be like, oh my God, they get this. And it's often the things that in my head, I think I'm going to share this with the students, but I know it's just going to be stupid, but I just need to put it out there. And often those are the posts that get the most resonance where people are like, oh, we feel this, we get this. Thank you. And I'm just like, wow. You know, very humanizing, like it humanizes yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Katie, what are the three lessons or meditations in the course that you feel have made an impact on your relationship with money and your mindset? Very first would be maybe what is what I'd consider the the groundwork for the work is that we can all have a relationship with money. And that money is something that we can communicate with, that we can ask for. And it's one of your, you know, lines that, you know, you can have this conversation with money, you can relate to money, you can have a relationship. Um, That's been very powerful because even at, you know, very low moments or just confusion about how much I need to charge or, you know, all of that, I'm able to go back to just that simple tool of, okay, let me let me have this this conversation this time and write a letter or or do something yeah. like that so that's very yeah. grounding and um mm. just creates that feeling of deserving and sometimes mm. that's just enough yeah. sometimes that's 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 all that we need um yeah. the second lesson that i've learned is that we're all young mm. and what i mean by that is that you know, we have people in the course that are like in their 20s, in their 30s. I mean, I'm 31, 40s, yeah. 50s, etc. And, yeah. you know, sometimes although your your age may be, or you're old or, or you're older or whatever, you may be young in the sense that what's driving a lot of your decisions is a exper- or an experience from your child days or your teen yeah. years. And Ooh, so powerful. 
So you're this old person or old as society says, mm. but you're actually like five or you're 15. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah just, just this whole idea of um, there's a rush to do this or a rush to do that, or you have to achieve this by this age is actually unfair yeah. because we're all just young and we don't even know yeah. like at what age we're really healing from or, or starting from or operating from. Mm. And I'd say the, the third lesson that I've learned is that hmm, it's, oh, the, the biggest lesson probably is that it's not just about the money. So yeah. we like, even, you know, as I'm talking, maybe people are thinking, oh, she's just obsessed with money or it's just these exchanges yeah. of hundred rand notes. It's not that it's yeah. so much bigger than just the money. It's again, yeah. it's beliefs, child rearing, yeah. how, how you were raised. It's yeah. how your um, family line sees money. It's yeah. how the people around you spend money. It's, it's all yeah. these, these things that are so interconnected that, yeah. it's that, that the money is just a, a, a symptom even. There's yeah. just so much happening on a worthiness level, on a yeah. relationship with, with God even level. Yeah. And so, so we, we think it's about money, but actually we're literally reprogramming ourselves and we are, we're, yeah, we're, we're just part of something that is like changing your, your DNA almost. So it's such yeah. a forever thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, I really love what you just said there. So, and my favorite thing was what you just said about like the five, like you can be 50, but really five or 50 and really 15. And um, as my coach always says, like five-year-olds and 15-year-olds have no... Um, have no uh, place discussing money or contracts. Whenever I fall apart, she'll say to me, is this you right now? Is this grown up Bangile or is this like little van? Like there was one time when I had to uh, send out an invoice to a corporate client and I was just like to her, I can't do this. Like, oh my God, they're going to look at this amount and flip and say, you're so crazy. Can't send this invoice, can't do it. And then she was like, oh, okay. This, which part, how old are you right now? Just feel into that. And I was like, I'm five, I'm four, like one of the two. She was like, okay, let's work with the four-year-old because four-year-olds have no place sending out invoices to corporates. So sometimes (laughs) our inner child can hijack us fully. And guys, this happens to me right now. What I'm talking about is something that happened four months ago right now right in 2020 it's not like a while back when I was still healing my deep financial wounds like I'm talking now right and I was like can't do it and literally um Sophia and honey had to take over the proposal take over everything that day Cause I was like, I cannot be involved in this. Like I was having a full on tantrum, like a four year old, like crying for no reason. Everything felt overwhelming and then hopped on a call with my coach. And it was like, Oh, the four year old version is, has hijacked you. Cool. Let's work with her. Let's heal her. 
Guys, I kid you not, a few hours after that, I was like on an email like, mm, please find attached <laughs> proposal, attached invoice, and let's keep it moving. And that's literally what happened. You know, it was so easy to do that because now I was no longer being hijacked by my inner child. But that happens to so many of us and we don't see it. So, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay so guys the ice cream truck is bothering us again so i just wanted to say um i've got two more questions for you katie so most people feel that they can do the work on their own right so um and they can just get the value from just reading my blogs watching my youtube videos or my facebook lives and attending a few of my classes where i give great advice what would you say to those people um, i'd say that's a good start um and that we we are the content we consume so that's like excellent if you're doing that and it even means that you know this is this is where you want to be you want to maybe change something so yeah. that's good um but because this work is so again uh intergenerational it's so um it's so deep um it's it's tied to our beliefs it's tied to our thoughts it's, it's work that you actually want to do for yourself. You, you want to know how it is that you think of money for yourself. And that's the kind of thing that no one else can do for you. Although yeah. starting there is like really, really good. It is good. Yeah. But um, only you know the, the money stories of your family. Only you know the mm. things that you really need to heal about um, your life and about what you believe about money and yeah. that comes from laboring for for yourself <laughs> laboring doing the inner work <laughs> that's the true laboring so do you have any kind of routine or way in which you do the work um i know that for you a lot of stuff gets um you do it mainly through what you see through the group, right? Like something will happen in the group. I think this happens to most of us, to be fair. The student group will go in, we'll be having <laughs> the best days of our lives, and then someone will like just say something, and then it will just be like, oh, that, that like escalated quite fast to a different day altogether. <laughs> so how do you um, do the work? What's your routine? <laughs> Mm -hmm. Ooh, I wish I had a routine. <laughs> um, I don't. <laughs> but okay, so but 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 there are things that I I do stick to, and things that I oh, believe okay. in so much, and that that is journaling, like writing those wow. letters. I really, really, really believe in that. Wow. Um, you know, taking that deep breath, and that's something that I've yes. been doing for like the past few months, even like taking yeah. that intentional breath when I wake up in the morning to be like, yeah. I'm alive. I am alive. Um, and so I really, really believe that in, in that. Um, yeah. yeah so sometimes if I'm like really going through something or like you said, if, if a theme rises in the group, 
then I'll be yeah. like, okay, let me go do my work based on, mm. on, on what we all uncovered for, for ourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I do, I do want to be more intentional and, and have that routine because I know how grounding it is. Um, I, I understand the benefit and the value of that because there was a time when I was like following a consistent routine and I saw the the benefits of that. But you know what I'm doing now, even though it's not as um, organized, <laughs> I've, I've seen that it's enough and, and it, I don't know. It works. <laughs> it works. It works. Yeah. Somehow it works. Oh, I love that. I love that. It, you know, I say to people, everything works. Like every just doing counts. Even, every small step counts. Hey, sometimes I have like weeks where all I'll do is just like 30 minutes in every week or something. And that's like, every small step works. I'm integrating, I'm processing in that moment for all the times when I was doing tons and tons of work, right? So everything works. They're like every little bit of inner work. So how do people get hold of you? Someone is listening and going, oh my God, I need an assistant. I need a virtual assistant, someone that will make my life easier. How do I hire her? So how do people hire you? Um, okay, so they can get hold of me by emailing me on um, wisani at your service at gmail.com. Um, or they can add me on Instagram. My handle is chosen lotus. So chosen and lotus together. And finally on LinkedIn, because um, I haven't posted articles in a while, but um, I do plan to start rewriting some articles. And yeah, so that's that's how people can get hold of me awesome so please repeat that the chosen lotus is that instagram that's instagram and then uh we sign you at your service at gmail.com um and linkedin we sign you Shibamb. yeah ah perfect guys i will also share all those details in um in the email when you're if you're watching this video because you've received an email definitely check it out in the email right and we also have it below if you're watching in our blog then you'll uh, see Wisani not the email stuff and uh, not her email details because you know spam but definitely the link to her Instagram handle and her Facebook and LinkedIn right it's so, just LinkedIn Oh, just LinkedIn. Okay, not Facebook. So LinkedIn and Instagram. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much, Ketiwe, for coming through and doing this. This has been amazing. And Money Magicians, if you've been listening to this and you feel like, oh my gosh, I need to be part of the Money Magic course, which by now you've heard like uh, Ketu is the ninth person in the series, right? So you've heard like nine people talk about their awesome experiences. So definitely check it out at wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic. We are currently open for registration, but if you watch this after registration is open, then um, get on the waiting list or shoot me um, a message via inbox. 
we would love to have you in the course. Like the student group is one of the most incredibly healing spaces that I have ever encountered. So thank you, Katie, for doing this. You have been incredible. I can't believe you made me do this. <laughs> We're breaking these vows of invisibility, right? Yeah. Like, this is huge for you guys. You have it no is. clue how huge this is for Katie. Like, huge vow of invisibility breaking. I know, like, all the students are going to celebrate you. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you find this podcast helpful and enlightening, please can you do me a favor and go leave the podcast a five-star review on iTunes or leave a comment on YouTube. And of course, share it with your family and friends. I would really appreciate it because it would help other money magicians who are looking to change their relationship with money find this podcast, which would really make my day. Also, as a bonus, if you're interested in changing your spending habits, I have a complimentary ebook for you. You can download it at wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Have a fantastic day further and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Money Magic Podcast.